0: organization dedicated to craftsmanship, community, and the traditions of the sea. 594-1800 or AtlanticChallenge.com. And by the Redfern Boat Company of Hancock County. Since 1982 offering maintenance, storage, and restoration for powerboats and sailboats. Also offering dockage on Mount Desert Island. RedfernBoat.com. <laughs>
1: is there to listen to on the radio. Why not go to the north of the world with me, Jeff Ellis, hosting Northern Journeys. I'll play the music of most of Europe, the former Soviet Union, Mongolia, Canada, the northern states of the U.S., and, of course, our local New England music. I may be geographically limited, but I'm not genre-limited. You'll hear all kinds of music. A tasty recipe and a spoken word piece complete the fair. So join me, Jeff Ellis, On Northern Turns, midnight Tuesday to 2 a.m. Wednesday morning, right here on Community Radio, WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill and 102.9 Bangor, or streaming online at www.weru.org.
0: This hour of Boat Talk is made possible in part by Gamble & Hunter sailmakers, making sails for classic boats, cruising boats, and the main wind jammers for over 20 years. Near the harbor in Camden, gambleandhunter.com. The time is 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor, and streaming online at weru.org. Boat Talk with Alan Sprague and Mike Joyce is coming up next.
1: Good morning, good morning. It's time for Boat Talk here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9, 102.9, up the Bangor. Boat Talk is the uh, radio call-in show with uh, your rusty anchors, Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague, all full of uh, double-ended tondra, and uh, anything that you might <laughs> like to add to...
2: Double-ended tondra? <laughs> <laughs> that that's is a, a stretch on a boat. That's pun, the way buddy.
1: sailors talk, isn't it? Yeah. 469 or 1 866 625 9378. It is a call in show, and uh, this one is going to have a special dedication.
2: Yeah, we'd like to dedicate this uh, edition of Bow Talk to Chief Warrant Officer, uh, United States Coast Guard retired Kenneth Black, known as Ken to everybody. Ken started in the Coast Guard uh, in World War II off Okinawa. And uh, through his career, he progressed. And he was in Boston in the 60s, and he he, uh, started to get interested in lighthouses and lighthouse stuff as uh, uh, times were changing for old lighthouses and gear. And he started saving it. And by the 70s, he was in Rockland. He finished his career in Rockland. And uh, he was just starting to collect lighthouse stuff as fast as he could and uh, pile it up. That led to... uh, co-opting the Shore Village Museum in Rockland, which used to be a Civil War-oriented place, and, and he flooded it with the Lighthouse Collection. Basically, that morphed into what is now the uh, recently competed, completed Maine Lighthouse Museum down in Rockland. And uh, without Ken Black, that never would have happened. Before he passed on, he filmed uh, explanations of everything in the collection so that there wouldn't be any mysteries. Uh, you know, hmm. the generation that uh, recognized these things uh, gets to tell the youngsters of the future, uh, what they actually were in person on film there. Um, Ken had won about every medal they could give him in the Coast Guard, and when they did the Maine Lighthouse Museum, he was commended by President Bush, Governor Baldacci, everybody you could think of. Coast Guard had to think up a new medal for him. And uh, his, his uh, catchphrase was, be neighborly, and uh, he also captained the Nantucket, the um, light, light ship, especially during the uh, schooner races that would sit off of Rockland. And... Uh, so we dedicate this edition of, of uh, Boat Talk to, uh, like I said, Chief Warrant Officer Kenneth Blackwell, United States Coast Guard, retired. Well, That's good. Yeah. And we have a guest in-house. We do. Paul Rich is here this morning, um, president of Maine Built Boats. Explain what that is real quick.
3: Yeah, well, welcome. Uh, thank you for welcoming here, me here this morning. Uh, it's a great pleasure. Uh, Main Built Boats is uh, really a membership-driven organization that's trying to market and brand the Maine Built Boats logo and label uh, regionally and internationally to help stimulate some sales in the boat building industry.
2: Cool. We'll be talking with Paul this morning. And, Thank you. And uh, it is a uh, call-in show. We've urged Paul that he's not just a guest, sort of a co-host, speak up at any time. Marketing, and uh, it's like fishing. It's not, it's not really the job to catch fish. It's, it's the job to sell fish. Same with boats. Anybody can build a boat. Selling <laughs> one's a whole different trick. Um, Alan, uh, you kind of remiss there. You didn't, I don't think, mention the website, uh, www.weru.org. Oh, right. yep. uh, We're streaming live, always on that. Yep. Boat Talk shows are archived there.
1: And we have uh, semi-able now our own Boat, so- Boat Talk website entitled BoatTalk.org. That's Boat Talk, one word, two Ts. And uh, Mike and I have been adding little uh, little stories to it and being Also, I've been explaining every um, month
2: of the Boat Talk calendar as it comes around. Yeah, some expanded captions, uh, a couple of comments here and there, trying to get a little dialogue going. Um, Also, got hopes for this thing. Would like to be um, uh, adding content on a regular basis, and we're interested in a couple of things. For instance, uh, the history of Boat Talk. That's coming soon. We didn't start it. Some much more able people did, and we'd like to brag about that. We'd also like uh, to tell you what we're thinking about in the future and take suggestions for uh, things we should be looking into. For instance, uh, somebody uh, approached me recently and says, how come you haven't had Roger Duncan on yet? And I went, wow, aren't you right about that? So anyway, wrote the guidebook, uh, marine historian, uh, captain of Eastward, and his uh, newer schooner, just for instance. Also have a new project, uh, call them Boat Talk dinghies. A Boat Talk dinghy is like a little boat talk. It's like 5 to 15 minute boat talk at... And um, we're going to start, we'd like to share those with other people with marine websites and get people bouncing back and forth. And uh, we're going to start posting those, too, and possibly uh, even airing those in uh, another forum on WERU. So stay tuned for all that.
3: Yeah, we'll have to link you to the uh, Mainbelt Boats website. Exactly right?
2: what we're thinking, Paul. dot yep. mainbeltboats.com. Exactly what we're thinking. And
3: Roger, of course, comes from my neighborhood.
2: Does he? he I was yeah. asking after his address the other day. Yeah. Yep, so oh, anyway.
3: I, I see him on a weekly basis, uh, He's still spry, he's quite, quite
2: elderly, but
3: boy, is he ever still engaged.
1: Yeah, well, that's what boating will do to you. That's right.
2: And speaking of the history of Boat Talk, we took this up, Alan and I, about five years ago, sort of by request, in the summertime, did a couple, and then they said, boy, that's great, you've got to do them all year, and I went, what are you, out of your tree? What are we going to talk about in February? And uh, Boat Talk to us is an embarrassment of riches if we run out of things to talk about. We're Probably doing it well. You long. got four hundred
3: years of uh, stories that you can tell just from Maine alone, Can't and we right.
2: try and we trust this audience. That's one yep. of Alan and I's basic things. Uh, we trust the audience. Let alone uh, we should mention it. it's calling show, probably.
1: We probably can one eight hundred eight six six. No, excuse me, one eight six 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 two five nine
2: three seven eight. We interrupt uh, what we're talking about pretty much every time the phone rings. Looks like lightning here. Amy is our engineer. She just puts you right through. She flashes us uh, hand signals and. And that's how it works here. I want to talk about, mention a fishing boat went down off of Nantucket uh, a few weeks back. Lady of Grace, 75-foot dragger, four people aboard out of Gloucester, Massachusetts. And in 25 to 30-foot knot winds and 8 to 10-foot seas. I believe they iced up and uh, rolled over. They found one fella in the uh, wheelhouse. I haven't heard if they found the other three. Um, Two years ago, uh, three years ago, December 2004, Northern edge, another 75-foot dragger. Five out of the six crewmen lost. Same, same area, same accident. Those are non-life-threatening conditions unless your boat's covered with ice, and then uh, your balance is all out of whack, and you flip over, and you're in the water, and you're, you know, about it.
1: I, I've got to say, uh, looking at boats out of the water like you and I do fairly often, power boats especially seem to me really unstable when you oh. look at them. There's so little below the water, they just seem like they want to just fall right over anyway. So,
2: Yeah, a, a sailboat's got a big hunk of, of metal way as far down as it gets, and a dragger's got all that metal way up high.
1: Yeah, I was um, a student uh,
3: at May Maritime Academy in the early 80s, and uh, I remember seeing a trawler come in there one time in the middle of February, and it was uh, it was uh, so iced up on the superstructure that it was dangerous to to be out there, and they came in and knocked all that ice off, and went right back out. Mm.
2: We had uh, a fellow on from Rockland uh, a few months back who wrote The Main Beam, which is a, uh, a book organizing all the registered vessels ever built in Rockland. Wonderful, wonderful story in there. World War II, they uh, took some draggers, and uh, these are 75, uh, you know, uh, 90-foot wooden draggers. They put guns on them, death charges, sent them off to patrol Greenland in the ice. And uh, two of them are coming back from Boston, and, and on uh, our hero there is a Norwegian fisherman, basically. Uh, now, a commander in the United States Navy, he's got a lot of experience up north. When they left Greenland, severe icing conditions. They come the wrong way around Newfoundland for the submarine patrols and everything, because the other way probably would have killed them. They were in company with the other dragger. They were chopping ice with axes and baseball bats to exhaustion, to the point of you know um, trying to save themselves. They didn't see the other guys beating the ice off. They didn't ever see the other guys again. When they got into Boston. They come to the submarine net at the end of the day, and uh, the Coast Guard there has drawn the submarine net clothes. These guys are coming in going, we're not spending another night on this boat. We're going through the net. And uh, among other stuff, they beat off the boat with their radio antennas, uh, gone with the ice. They had no way to talk to these people. They were almost fired upon going through the net there. They came into the wharf, and the wharf's apparently emptied. Nobody had ever seen a boat beat up that bad before. And men looking more... Uh, you know, shaggy and just, uh, you know, well, and uh, you've got to, you cannot let, the, you can't let it ice up. So.
1: That's a chilling story. We have a phone call already?
2: Hallelujah.
1: Let's go to that. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. Good morning. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's Giffy. Giffy yeah. Full. Captain Giffy Full. Good morning, Giffy. Glad to have all you right. with us, Giffy.
4: How you doing? You all surviving up there?
1: Well, it's nine below zero right now, Giffy.
4: All right, well, it's probably about 75 here where I am. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down there on the west coast of Florida, headed for Naples to do some errands. In your boat? Uh, No, not in the boat. I'm In the car, my boat is sitting for the moment up in Boca Grande, and, oh, in another week or ten days, I'll be starting back to Maine on a very slow, relaxed trip to Maine.
2: How was but your trip no, down, Giffy? Any any excitement?
4: No, no, not That's a bit. That's good, isn't it? I, yeah, it's good. I practically had the coast to myself, and of course, I came late. I didn't leave Norfolk until the second of December, so there wasn't much of any traffic.
2: Wow!
1: Did you go down um, inside, in, in, down the intercoastal?
4: Yeah, mostly. Yeah. yeah, I was all alone, just myself and the dog.
1: In the Great the Dismal dog Swamp, doesn't
4: like to steer too long, you know. Huh. <laughs> Um, a couple of interesting things. I'm always, uh, well, I guess it's my age and the fact that, uh, you know, I like what I like, and that's it. And um, you, know, you don't see a lot of really nice, interesting boats. But I did have an interesting experience on Saturday. My son and I were over in the Palm Beach area, and he had to go down to one of the docks on business. And I went to see um, a main built boat that I'd uh, delivered back and forth to Florida about three times. a boat called the Sea Toy, built by Matt Pettigrew in Southwest Harbor, now owned by a man from Minnesota. And of course, you'd walk down the dock and she stands right out. just a handsome, beautiful looking boat, well taken care of amongst all all these uninteresting boats. But there was another boat there, a, a good, big, husky Eldridge mcginnis design boat, about 60 yard feet long, called the Francis Marion. It had been purchased, I would say, about three or four years ago, and an older boat, but in structurally good condition, but needed a lot of work, and she had a complete major refit done at Dillon's Diesel, in Stonington, and here she was now tied up down there, and she just looked absolutely beautiful. I must say, they did a real nice job on her. She looked new, just looked new, just an absolutely apple pie order, and just nice to see such a handsome boat. One other minor concern I might mention, it's bring up a little discussion now and then, is I see... An, a severe lack of manners on the water nowadays, (laughs) a a rather serious lack of manners. Uh, People in big, uh, ugly, high-speed, big-wake-making boats that don't take uh, a moment's thought to pull the throttles back to idle and go by somebody gently. And even in my little boat, you know, if I'm going by some other group of smaller boats or something... Just uh, slow her down. It doesn't take but a uh, few seconds to pull the throttle back and idle by.
2: Giffy, but, um, do you think? Do you think that uh, the standards of of uh, what is a pretty boat and seamanship will just go? I mean, uh, are just going to be redefined eventually?
4: Well, who knows? Who knows? But uh, there's a proliferation of of uh well, other than beautiful boats. I guess every boat doesn't have to be beautiful, but, uh, you know, if, if it doesn't look nice and doesn't look like a seagoing boat, it doesn't interest me much. And we're very fortunate in, in, in where we live in Maine that we tend to see nicely designed and nicely built boats. And, and uh, even even the work boats generally are nice-looking boats. Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think that's we're, we're fortunate, you know, we're just
1: fortunate. Well, you're right, Giffy. I think we do have sort of a higher standard that sort of uh, perpetuates itself among everybody because, like you say, yeah. we're all seeing what's on going on here, and uh, as a result, we all do better for it. Well, uh, yeah, and, uh,
4: like I say, even the uh, even the general lobster boat built in Maine is a nice looking boat today.
3: Oh yeah, uh, hey, yeah. Giffy. This is Paul Rich. I'm with Maine Built Boats, and I've been uh, fortunate enough to travel around the country as well as the world here over the last year and a half that we've been in existence and, boy, you don't have to uh, tell people much about where you're from except that you're from Maine before they know exactly what you're talking about. Now, they,
4: who, uh, who are you with?
3: I'm with a group called Maine Built Boats.
4: Oh, okay, yeah. We, we try right. we yeah. try
3: to market and and spread the word about yeah. boats built I, here. I, I'm,
4: I'm aware of it. I'm of it. I'm aware of it. I don't know much of any details about it, but I'm totally aware of it.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it, it, my story echoes yours. I mean, you go to uh, any country, especially in Europe, and the people there are just enamored with the boats built in Maine just because of the way they look. And yeah, then when they yeah. understand the quality and the craftsmanship that go into these vessels, and uh, they're really sold on it. And, yeah,
4: you know, and it, it does uh, sort of, I won't say spread, to, but the leak to other parts of the country, this man that now owns this um, 50-foot... Uh, Javis Newman Mac Pettigrew built boat. Uh, saw another main built, smaller one, uh, about uh, I forget. She's I don't know thirty four five feet. Nothing would do. Nothing would do. He bought her right off <laughs> within you know fifteen minutes of seeing the boat, and he now has her way out in Minnesota, I believe on. I don't, I don't hold me to it, but I think Lake Minnetonka.
2: We want and, uh, to encourage that man wherever he wants to keep yeah, that boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: He he has good taste, and you know he sees one of these boats and he wants
2: it. <laughs> Giffy, what do you think about this one here? The uh, United States Coast Guard uh, Command uh, Commandant last month came out with a proposal that every boater in America ought to have a license, and mind you, that would not be. For like a license after you take a safety course, that would be for national security purposes. I think we should uh, you think you should have a license to get back from Florida? I, I,
4: I think it's a bunch of baloney. They, there may be some merit to it, but a lot of it's baloney. Uh, you give a man a, a piece of paper that says he's got a license, and it, it doesn't, and it doesn't necessarily mean too much. It means he passed an exam or met some minis, min, minimal standards. Uh, I don't have as much faith in it as other people do.
3: It doesn't teach them manners, uh, does it?
4: No, it <laughs> doesn't teach them manners. It doesn't teach them uh, being a good seaman. No. Nope. And uh, I, I can go back in history and and show you where, you know, the Coast Guards had a few major accidents, you know, themselves. So uh, I don't know the answer, but uh, I, yeah, and it probably should be some minimal licensing standards, but as far as this, this security business, everybody's for reasonable security, but uh, if you're not careful, you get an agency that they're mostly interested in, in, in building an empire. And uh, it's, uh, I, I don't see where every voter in, in the United States has a certificate of some kind is going to make the country one iota
2: secure. boy we could tell uh, rude boating stories for about ever <laughs> and uh it's sad yeah. that there's no lack of that uh seamanship always it can't be you just can't argue with somebody that can display seamanship though at the end giffy we uh so look forward to being back here this spring and yeah getting well getting I'll, you back. I'll
4: be back around the first part of may the good lord willing you know and all that
2: great uh,
1: Giffy, uh, bring back some pictures when you come to, and we'll put it on the Boat Talk website. Also,
2: okay. Alright. Okay. One thing you, to think about uh, on the okay. way on the way back, Giffy. Uh, we've got uh, one of our regular uh, suspects here, Michael Ware from down to Stonington, uh, boat builder down there. He uh, wants to talk about electrolysis, and I figured uh, we'd get you and him and us together. And uh,
4: I've, I've done a lot of that work. Uh, I know I, it's I, one I, of your I, favorite. I, I, no, no, I don't consider anybody a real out-and-out expert about it, but are uh, sure a lot, lot of opinions, of,
1: just, though, aren't
2: there?
4: There's lots of opinions, and and I've got mine that are very, very solid. <laughs> well,
2: that's, that's one thing we're uh, sort of we're like say we're in, we're waiting for you to get back, Giffy. Travel, please, yeah. out, right. travel safe. Yeah,
4: all right. Be glad to see you all again. All okay. Right.
2: Thanks for calling. Have Giffy.
1: a nice day. Have a nice day.
2: Captain G.W. Full, uh, Giffy Full uh, World. Famous world-class marine surveyor and uh, permanent guest host of Boat Talk whenever he's uh, around. Uh, and I've, I've said this before, uh, Giffy. When they needed to find out if Old Ironsides was able to go out and raise her sails, they call Giffy. Um, you know, absolutely uh, nobody better at it. And boy, don't we love having him on the radio? You can be on the radio about any time. One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight is the number here. We've got uh, all kinds of. Things we can talk about here, but again, we, we always interrupt ourselves, and the phone's ringing right now to uh, wonder what you're thinking, and we always...
1: Uh, I, I can put in one quick thank you while we're waiting for the phone to come around. Uh, out of the blue, we, we had a, uh, a, a listener call up and make a contribution to the station. Galen Todd of Camden called up, renewed his membership, and said that Boat Talk was his favorite program, and so, well, there
2: you go. I had that written down to thank Galen, too. Good oh, job.
1: Yep. Thank yep. you, Galen. And we do have a phone call. Let's go right to that. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk.
5: Yes. Good morning, gentlemen.
1: Good morning. Uh,
5: this is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. From over in Rockland as well. And I was calling with a, a question, just looking for anybody's, uh, I guess, experience or opinion. And then I've got to run some errands, so I'm hoping to prompt discussion. And i would be curious what you think, Mike. Um, I just dropped a, a ballast steel off a 50-year-old boat, a Bud McIntosh built schooner. Uh, Seven thousand pound chunk of cast iron, and uh, managed to get all the bolts out and all. And I'm getting ready to stick it back together. The boat's been out of the water for about a year and a half in a covered shed, and I'm just wondering uh, how much clean up, whether just to you know get loose scale off, uh, be sure the the wooden keel is good, and then you know tar it all up, put some oakum around, and shove it back together. Or, or and uh, any opinions on that process? I haven't not done it before. Um,
2: you don't want to scrape too much good stuff off. I wouldn't think so. You know, um, sealing it in's not a bad idea either. Nowadays, you can seal stuff with uh, two-part epoxy compounds. Uh, lead uh, that'll work for lead too. Mm-hmm. Coal tar epoxy is what yeah. they recommend for for iron. Um, Dropping a uh, nice old keel. I guess uh, the reason that came off was Bud put it together right, wouldn't you say?
5: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. And and he was building this boat for himself too. So.
2: Oh, interesting. What's she called? Advent. All right, and uh, we're gonna see her again anytime soon. How's this all coming? What else are uh, we doing?
5: Well, uh, we got some other. We got the engine out and the after house off, and a little bit of oh dear, uh, rod <laughs> around that. But that that came off real easy. That's only a you know a day and a half. No, a but we're right?
2: talking. Uh, you know, uh, you got you doing some work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's taking it off is easy, isn't it?
5: It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a week to a month for every day of taking off. Yeah. Anyhow,
2: but it's no. also inspiring.
5: You well, know, yeah. I was pleased. We had 29 uh, man hours in getting the whole ballast keel off and ready to you know, have holes all cleaned and everything.
2: Good for you, because, uh, you know, when you uh, mentioned a couple of things, so I, I said to myself, a couple thousand hours of work there, I said to myself.
5: Yeah, uh, I, I anticipated uh, the, the there would be even more trouble and headaches, but uh, a couple of the bolts broke, just taking nuts off.
2: Where are you doing this, Daniel?
5: Uh, In a plastic shed on Old County Road over to the... Mm-hmm. the Hello,
2: role Ken Richards-Helston. Daniel, uh, ex of plum Belly. Indeed, Mike. Yeah. How have you been, buddy? I've been well. <laughs> I've been well. <laughs> Snuck up on me there. <laughs> we got to talk sometime. Uh, you know, I'm in the phone book. Uh, are, you, are you as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd love, ca- yeah. love to catch up with you, man.
5: Yeah. Very well, cool.
2: Uh, Daniel, uh, years ago I, I uh, helped uh, my old friend, Vale Marvin, survey plum Belly, a very unusual uh uh, a little uh, gaff cutter built on the beach in Bequia years ago, kind of famous. Been up and down the east coast uh, so many times. She's about worn a track there. And
5: yeah, She's actually over in Portugal right now. Yeah,
2: no kidding. Yeah, out really. of the east coast, and which she
5: has time to time.
2: That didn't cure you of your boat thing. Uh, now you're on the old schooners, huh? Uh,
5: well, yeah, I guess I was kind of combining working on them and sailing them. Uh, when you're working on them, you wish you were sailing them, and sailing them, you wish you were working <laughs> on them. Right. Well, uh, hopefully crawling it's Crawling around in this weather under the keel is kind of curing me of that. Yeah. <laughs> but not really. Um, I, I do have some other stuff I need to go do. I was just curious what you guys take was. I'm kind of hesitant to try to get that whole thing clean enough to coal tar epoxy it.
2: Lead's well, nasty, too. As well, it's, as iron. No, it's
5: it's
1: cast iron. Uh, oh, cast, cast iron. iron.
5: And oh, I okay. noticed this in cleaning out, you know, for the cement plugs on the bottom of the keel to find where the bolts were. And yeah. Out, that, you know, there's probably an eighth inch of, you know, sort of bottom
1: paint and rust scale.
2: Yeah, even yeah. more important to seal, seal the iron. Uh, well, I'd scrape off what you out. can
1: with a little scraper first, but, you know, I wouldn't, like you say, I wouldn't get too really aggressive with it. Yeah,
5: Sh- shy of some high school kid outfitted with double respirators. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> missing up.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: tell him there's a six-pack in it when he's done. Yeah, yeah, oh, for the days of youthful labor. Uh, yeah, so
2: anyway, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, we'd like to hear more about your project as it comes along. All right. Yeah, yeah, and I'd love to talk to you sometime, Dan. I'm glad you called this morning.
5: Yeah, well, I'm easy to catch my yeah. – have uh, have fun. And on the manners thing, yeah, I think one of the big problems is the uh, electronic uh, devices that enable people to go places where they shouldn't have learned how to navigate to get there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the parallel skill development of, of seamanship and boat handling and, um, you know, customs and manners yeah. that would come from actually having to take the time to learn something um, I think are, are lacking in so many people, you know.
2: It's one of my regular points. Uh, boats intimidate many people that actually own them, and uh, in a way, that's a good thing. Things that make boating easier—that's sort of a good thing too, unless it, like, say, comes along with the proper other lessons. And yeah, and the video game that allows us all to know exactly where we are all the time now. Yeah. And and one, of my other, I on deliveries sometimes I'll take uh, you know uh, different people uh, for crew, not all experienced. Uh, I enjoy that taking people out sometimes and. Uh, Invariably, people start with that thing, and they look at the little icon on the screen, and they tr- turn the wheel and try to drive the. They try to drive the little computer it's picture it's instead of the boat, and uh, nothing good happens after that, basically. So.
5: Yeah, well, uh, you know, a labor-saving device is different than a knowledge-saving device.
2: Good point, Dan. And, <laughs>
5: and so much of of all of what we do is about awareness.
2: Yeah.
5: Kind of gets stripped away.
2: Yeah. For years, though, uh, boat I did. Uh, he he. Could, did it on his laptop, and I was so jealous I didn't have that. And he told me one time I was complaining, it's so foggy, Jerry. I don't even think I can find the boat. What do you mean I got to take it to Camden? You know, oh my god! And he says, oh, you don't even need that, Mike. And I'm like, yeah, well, what am I going to say to that? He, you know, but boy, when I got it, didn't I like that thing? So
5: it is, it is radar.
2: Uh, no, I was always radar, going on the radar uh, yeah. when I got the finally the uh, like I said the GPS chart water mm-hmm. machine. I didn't have one for years. Yeah, I, I
5: find going back and forth between you know dead reckoning on a chart and, you know, uh, for instance, I go on, on the pilot boat here sometimes and, you know, you're doing 30 knots with 1,000 horsepower and, you know, all the, the, the moving picture displays and uh, to go back four, three, and forth between that and 5 knots under just sail with, you know, a chart and actually you can plot a pretty good course line and tide and drift in your head if you're doing it regularly.
2: You've been practicing, Daniel. <laughs> not, not enough recently. but Yeah. Up. Anyhow, summer's
1: coming. We'll see if we can't get this right, back
2: man. together. Good morning. Thank uh, you thank for calling. Thank
1: you, Yeah. Take care. Thank you, Daniel.
2: Geez, we're almost halfway through boat talk, um, you know, and we haven't even got heavy into the main-built boat things, which well, we, we will in a second here. Uh, you are entirely welcome still to call anytime.
1: 1-866-625-9378. But dropping the keel reminds me of, of main-built boats and the, the way that, you know, they were, should be built to be serviced, to be, you know, they are a vehicle and they do need to get, uh, worked on occasionally and just about a week ago i was um wasn't working on it but i saw a boat that had a fairly new sailboat that they were trying to pull the keel off of that one and they had poured resin and all sorts of stuff then um, down around the keel bolts after that was put together and no way that would come apart they just was not made to to be serviced they had to cut the keel bolts to get the keel off
2: a lot of the times, a uh, the sign of a good boat is if you can go in with a screwdriver and an adjustable wrench and take it apart, you can do that with, like, a Hinkley or a Morris, but not so much with a, a lower-end boat, you know. Um, that's always a good sign. Traditional wooden boats, one of their strengths is they can be taken apart. We will be uh, also, an update here, uh, Up, up uh, look forward to chatting with Greg Roussel of World of oh. Music here. and, and uh Boat Builder Up in Troy, Instructor Down at Wooden Boat Magazine, famous author, just written a new book, The Boat Builder's Apprentice. Mm. Greg is not as enthusiastic about modern goo's as perhaps I am, for example. And uh, But he did pose the question, should you bed that thing with a bedding that's going to wear out? You can take it apart later and redo it. That's good. Or redo uh, do it in the first place with the polyurethane goo where it may never wear out and have to be done. But if it does, you're going to have our, you know... Another subject we'll be talking about in the future, but yeah, that'll be able to come apart and a uh, bud mackintosh uh, he wrote for me the book on building wooden boats, which is how to build a wooden boat um just a tremendous book and Bud, not only a very uh good practical uh salty boat builder he is, he's is very very literate boy it's a such a well written book but mcintosh I've one
3: a, I've got an anecdote uh about wooden boats, obviously main built boats are far more than uh sophisticated than wooden boats, but they're still very much a part of our character here in Maine and I went to buy a boat that was uh being sold from the Maine Maritime Academy as a someone had traded it in or turned it in as a tax write off. You know, you can do that with the nonprofit status and I was led to believe that it was a coal molded boat and we hauled it up out of the water and lo and behold it was a wooden boat. And I said, geez, I don't know anything about wooden boats. What are we getting into here? And he said, well, it was built by Joel Wade over there in Brooklyn. So I said, all right. And I called him up, and he was still alive. And he said, well, come on over. We can talk about that. And went over there and met with Joel, and we talked about the boat for a while. And he was very enthusiastic. And at the end of the conversation, he said, don't be afraid of a wooden boat.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right.
3: We, we have one. a phone Words call. to live
2: by. <laughs> yeah. And before that, and Joel White, uh, again, we were mentioning earlier about the start of Boat, uh, Boat Talk. Joel White and Maynard Bray were the original hosts here on yeah. Boat Talk. So
1: Funny how that comes around. It
2: all is related to small place here, you know. Good morning. Welcome
1: to Boat Talk. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. You're on Boat Talk.
0: Oh, good morning. Uh, this is Judy Lawson over in Brooksville.
1: Hi, Judy. Good morning, Judy.
0: Um, one of the crew on the Schooner Summertime.
1: Uh, oh, <laughs> summer Excellent. is coming, isn't it?
0: Summer's coming. <laughs> Yeah, uh, listening to you, and I'm just thrilled to be home in Maine again and able to listen to programs like Boat Talk. Uh, Somebody, One of you guys said something about so much of what a sailor does is about awareness, and that led me on this little string of thought. I I wanted to report in and say that sometimes a human being is like a good wooden boat. Uh, I had a really messed up hip for about 11 years, and finally found out and was able to go to India and have it resurfaced, which is a really good surgery for people who have that sort of damage <clears throat> and have good bones, like a good wooden boat, huh?
2: <laughs> All the way to India. Judy. All the
0: way to India wow. because...
2: Bargain bargain pricing, well, right? You, you, couldn't, get, you couldn't have gotten there. a main belt hip?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, no. Judy, no, we
2: got to put it
1: to
0: you. <laughs> we, we make
1: knees. I know.
0: I know, knees and hips, but th- this is more like, you know, cl- cleaning out a rotten joint, uh, which is what the cartilage was, and um, putting it back together, it's it's a bit more skilled surgery. And the main thing is, I was able to have it happen there because the good boat repairers are there, <laughs> uh, hip repairers, yeah. and... Um, it's uh, allowing me to come back to the sea, which is the most very important
2: cool. thing in the world. <laughs> now, Judy mentioned uh, Schooner Summertime, which is kind of famous. Uh, uh, Bob Brown, isn't it?
0: No, Bill Brown. Bill
2: Brown, yeah. Built that. It's a double-ended pinky, uh, kind of a traditional design where it's uh, got a funny little uh, stern that sort of trails over the uh, pointy end. On uh, It's pointy on both ends.
0: Very pointy.
2: Yeah, and uh, got these little stern boards, uh, very distinctive and all, also... Traditionally built and traditionally maintained as well. I just read an article a little while ago about uh, You know the thing is you bring it up on the beach you let the tide go out you scrub off the old bottom paint You put some more on you know, the tide comes back in you're you're away But nowadays you can't just go up on a beach and and uh, scrape a lead-based paint onto the rocks and uh, Slather uh, splash paint on everything, but you guys still do that, but you do it in a conscientious way now apparently
0: Oh, yes, and and uh Bill Bill does maintain summertime in in the traditional way, and uh, I think lots of people know that George Allen had a great deal to do with summertime. Yeah. So hats off to George. Listen, I want to throw a little challenge out here. Oh, no. While I was visiting out in New Mexico, I ate a lot of chili peppers and had the idea that if you grind up the chili peppers, which, of course, we can buy in any co-op or store, and you mix that in some Regular paint that didn't have the lead or the other toxic chemicals. <laughs> bottom paint would this keep the barnacles at bay?
2: I don't know. Let's bring them home and feed them some chili and see how they like Let's it. See Start how it works with.
0: because there there is an ingredient. I think it's called capsicum in the chilies, which definitely wards off lots of things.
2: If that'll work, Judy, you got so you got a fortune ahead of you if you could market a uh, like say organic. Uh, you know,
0: organic bottom paint,
2: chili-based uh, non—it'd <laughs> be a
0: real Heavy hot metal. seller. Well, I—I'm I'm not, not interested in making that fortune myself, but I certainly would be interested in seeing us all be able to use something on the bottom that wasn't toxic. Yeah, yeah. good so point. So, if any—if anybody wants to try that, you know, you could probably do it uh, and just hang a, a hang, paint it, and hang it on a piece of wood over the side for a while and see what happens. Yeah,
1: yeah. putting putting some Scotch bonnet on your bottom, huh?
0: There you go. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you. It's a wonderful program. I'm thrilled to be home, and I'm sailing again.
1: Thank right. you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. I one,
2: like
0: that.
1: You know, that's a pretty tasty idea of <laughs> making hot bottom It
2: makes a certain amount of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one eight six six Uh we are doing Boat Talk here this morning. We do it the second Tuesday every month. It's on the web on weru.org and boattalk.org. And uh, like I said, uh, what a good place to uh, it just it's. We trust the audience on Boat Talk, and one of the delights here is uh, who calls about what. and You just never know. We enjoy doing this. So. But we have Paul Rich in here this morning from uh, Maine Built Boats. While well, the phone's not ringing for a minute. And, again, a trade organization now. You just um, commissioned a study on the state of the boat building industry in Maine. And um, if one word could be uh, picked, it would have to be strong, wouldn't you say?
3: Yes, I think you're right. Um... One of the things I found coming into this organization about a year and a half ago was we didn't know our own story. Now, everyone had a sense that things were going well, and we understood the marine trade industry as a whole, but we didn't know what uh, the boatbuilders' part of that whole story was. And as a result of this report, we now have an understanding of what that story is, and it is very strong. And we're probably the only manufacturing sector in this state that's poised for significant growth over growing. the next five to seven not years. not shrinking,
2: Growing. That's right. With a good a example. With worldwide reputation in yeah. the in the uh, what do they call this stuff uh, globalism? You know, where we've got a global uh, rep. We have a good global
3: presence. In fact, uh, as I was mentioning before, with uh, uh, Daniel, I think it was, or no, probably with uh, uh, Giffy. Giffy, <laughs> <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> was uh, well, you go anywhere in this uh, uh, world, and you mentioned Maine and Maine-built boats, and people understand immediately what you're talking about in terms of quality and craftsmanship, and And uh, what they may not know is the level of uh, technological advancements that we've made as well. We haven't lost the character going into the boat building, but we've advanced the technology, and we still have some of the best wooden boat builders in the world here, but we also have some of the best high-technology builders in the world as well. And that's a great complement to the whole story and keeps us poised for growth.
2: When we talk about the boat industry in Maine, uh, you are focused mostly on manufacturing. There's also the using of them as well world-class place to use your boat and, and uh, have it photographed against uh, perfect backdrops and stuff. That's a significant part of the economy, too. But, but the major part of the boat economy is in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Third largest manufacturing uh, area That's in the right. state of Maine after wood products and metal fabricating. That's right. And uh, as I say, growing, adding, uh, what was it, 250 uh, um, new jobs in the last few years, just That's for right. example. Um, when clearly a lot of other things aren't going that way. One of our favorite little things on Boat Talk is the boat school down to Eastport. Sure. And the idea that, uh, you know, it's an underappreciated uh, uh, resource and that in the main boat industry we have a worldwide reputation, but locally we don't really have uh, the same reputation and, and not always the awareness of boat building and, and uh For me, especially, again, it's not only been a good job, it's been an adventure.
3: Yeah. You know? Well, part of our organization's mission is is not just to promote the sale of boats outside of the state, um, but it's also to promote within the state what we're doing in the industry and raise awareness. One of the biggest challenges in the industry, as you both know, is trying to attract a labor pool, which is of a younger demographic. Right now, the average boat worker's age is around the mid-40s, low to mid-40s. That needs to... That puts Alan and I over the hill. <laughs>
6: we're on our way out. <laughs> you
3: may be skewing it a bit, but oh, we got radio, Alan. The, the point is uh, the, the more that we can uh, help promote the industry as a viable career for people to stay in the state, the better off we're going to be in maintaining this uh, growth within the industry. One of the efforts going on right now within the State Department of Education is to create a public school curriculum that will talk about not only the heritage of boat building but also the the careers within boat building going forward and so it's an exciting time to be in the boat building industry and i think we're finally trying to uh... bring raise people's awareness within the state of what's available within the boat building industry it's very exciting
2: now again it's not so much just to catch a fish or build a boat you gotta sell the damn thing and uh... let's say we go to uh... a boat show in dusseldorf dusseldorf germany okay um... Yeah. The uh, Germans have a trade association. They got a beer tent. Sure. The uh, New Zealanders got an association. They got a beer tent. Uh, the main build- boat builders are over. There. They all know each other. The Hinkleys are sitting next to the Morris, and uh, there's no beer tent in sight. And uh, you know they're all doing it by themselves. Where the other boys are, have all, uh, like I say, associated and That's are right. are aggressively marketing and gladiating people. Well. Um, we're probably never going to achieve their level of... I'm not of, saying uh, we've got to have a beer, tent, you know. Well, well, now, hold on a second,
3: because <laughs> yeah. we've got very good beer in Maine, and, and we ought to, by God, be promoting that as well. Shipyard, but, and, you know. Yep. How appropriate. What we, uh, what we try to do is, uh, is emulate them as best we can, taking smaller steps. The, the, the countries you just mentioned have significant federal backing behind their associations. We do what we can with some substantial in terms of our mind, uh, state support but it's still very small one of the things we did down at the fort lauderdale international boat show last fall was to have an event that was main themed it uh promoted uh some of the main breweries like you said and also those same breweries also make non-alcoholic beverages and root beer and things like that yeah and then we had some main themed foods and we had a, a little after hours party for uh media for naval architects and for uh potential clients who came by and, and really learned a lot about main-built
2: boats. Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. So we're trying. Phone's yeah. we ringing, now. Yeah, yes. and, and let's drop it one more time, One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight 625 9378 is the number here. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk.
6: Yeah, good morning. Uh Nicomas from Islesboro calling in today. How are you guys doing?
1: Good, how are you? Uh,
6: not too bad. You know, I just heard the beer tent thing, and no. and uh, what if? We, wh- why don't we... Well, Maine does have wonderful beer, but what if we did the lobster, clam bake, corn on the cob, the whole nine yards, you Get set up right between the Morrises and the, and the Hinckleys there in Germany, and wouldn't that get people?
2: Oh, you got to serve them lobster, too, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Well, what
3: what we did at Fort Lauderdale, just to jump in for a second, was have uh, not only these themed brews and, and root beers, but also Maine-themed foods, and they were, uh, uh, because it was an inside setting, it had to be finger food in that setting, but... To bring it back to Maine for a second, your thought is not lost on us. We have a, a wonderful in-water boat show in August that's run by Maine Boats Homes and Harbors. And we test-ballooned last year a uh, symposium, as we called it, which was a sort of an introduction to people from away, mainly in the media and, uh, again, naval architects and people that might bring potential clients into the, into the state. And we uh, talked about the state of the industry, and we also uh, have laid the foundation for this year, hopefully expanding that to include some of what you just mentioned, which is hopefully taking them on a tour of some boat yards and also showing them a good time uh, with a lobster bake and uh, things like that. So, yeah. So you, you're right on
2: track. This is good it's kind stuff. of relationship marketing, really. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is.
1: We could give them some Boat Talk CDs. Because
2: too. after they buy that boat here, if you want to take take it home to Lake Minnetonka, God bless mm-hmm. you. But if you want to use it here, oh, boy, do we love, you know. That's well, we can
3: we can talk more about that. But one of the efforts we've done uh, recently is introduced a piece of legislation through uh, Senator Damon out there in uh, Bar harbor area. And uh, we've proposed the uh, elimination of sales tax on new boat sales for that very reason that people... If they do decide to build a boat here, we'll often remove it within 30 days of taking ownership of it, because they want to get away from thousands taxes. and thousands of dollars. That's right, and so we miss out on a whole cruising season if we get them back at all mm. in the state of Maine. And it's a it's a powerful force, and it's uh, sometimes people will focus on the. Uh, uh, the boat owner as a privileged individual that needs to uh, have no benefits of sales tax relief but what we're really talking about is trying to compete with Rhode Island who has a complete elimination of sales tax on anything to do with marine related items and we lose out a lot of projects on that and the projects we do get we tend to lose out on the service and and outfitting side of that project because they leave within thirty days to go to Rhode South Island.
1: If, if they leave within thirty days they don't have to pay sales tax? That's correct. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a disincentive, disincentive, isn't it?
3: Oh, it is. And, of course, you know, really wealthy owners will find another vehicle with which to get out of paying taxes. And and they'll either, you know, they'll register it offshore or they'll do something else. So, um, you know, we're trying to at the same time raise awareness about building boats in Maine. But you also have to have some of the legislative support that will allow people to see this as a level playing field between Rhode Island and, and here in, in terms of our regional market. Mm, yes. Does
2: anybody remember the luxury tax of the mm. late 80s yeah. Yeah. and the downturn in the main yachting industry? Right.
3: Well, it, it's interesting. As I've become familiar with this issue, uh, and I'm not an expert by any means, but uh, you're right, in 92 when they repealed the luxury tax, Rhode Island also repealed this sales tax. And their um, growth in the boat building industry was exponential. And within five years, they had already increased around 400% of their boat building industry. Now, was that the luxury tax? In part, but you didn't see that same acceleration in Maine. Interesting. And that was probably
2: because of the sales tax elimination. Still there, aren't you, Nicomas?
6: Yeah, still here. No, that all is interesting. I think, you know, like anything, though, as you're saying, you you build the boat, and that's just the first step. I mean, it it gives, you know, some guys some jobs, and, and it brings certainly brings money into the state, but if you can keep that boat here and, and service it every year and paint the bottom, and, you know, Bondell makes the sails 10 mm-hmm. years after they've been, you know, no longer what they were, then you really got something, you know, it, it, uh, that's, that's worth, uh, worth, uh, worth investing in the future of, of a boat, and not just the, the building of
2: it. Like um, say, total package. Hey, thanks for calling this morning, man. Good uh, you'll get you'll get to be a usual suspect, and we appreciate that. We got a couple more people waiting on the phone, so we're gonna let you go. Okay, we'll go right to
1: the next person. Good morning, welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. This is Dean Pike up at the boat school in Eastport. <laughs> Dean,
2: glad you're listening this morning. Must be on the computer too. Good, Good to hear from you, man. You <laughs> gonna give us a commission?
7: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, Greg grissell called up here to told Brett that that. Uh, be a good time to call in, so you guys know we're still alive up here.
2: Oh, Last time we spoke, we got cut off. Uh oh, we did. Uh, we spoke this fall, I think, uh, um, and we got cut off and it got confused. But anyway, gl- always glad to hear from you. How is it going down there?
7: Oh, real good. We got a we got a freshman class, a senior class. Uh, we're doing some great projects. Uh, uh, we're we you know next year this is going to be a transition year. Supposedly the the community college system. You know, even though it can put money in all over the state of Maine in boat building, it can't seem to put any more in down east Maine. We haven't figured that one out yet, but, but uh, we're, we're still going to have a, a full, you know, we're working on right now. We had a meeting last night. We're, still, we're trying to figure out a way to have a, a full complement of courses, even though the community college will not uh, commit to offering courses full-time. Uh, we're going to be able to have a full complement of the senior courses next year because we still have to teach out the senior class, and we're trying to put together a way to offer all the freshman classes as well. But that's got to be offered through CED. So we're, we're doing that right now, and hopefully uh, by the end of all this, the Boat School will, will be under another administrative arm and not the community college system.
2: Kind of almost uh, folded up and blew away to a closet and, and callus in the last year or two. and
7: Which, yeah, we we didn't let that happen.
2: That and would have been can we say we're uh, kind of over the humping? It looks like uh, promising days ahead for the boat school.
7: Oh, well, I mean, promising days indeed. I mean, anybody that's been up here knows that we got the best facility for boat building in, in the state, you know. But, you know, you got to. Uh, I I just don't know. I don't know why the community college is not the vehicle to teach trades like this. The community college, if you look at what they're doing, they're trying to get out of the so-called dirty trades and uh, get more into chalk and talk courses, essentially. But, you know, this is an expensive place to run. I mean, any any boatyard owner knows that, that... Boat shops are expensive places to hang out. Uh,
2: Good point. Good point.
7: <laughs> and and when you're teaching, it isn't any different either.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, tell me one other thing. There was a uh, schooner being built in your parking lot there, uh, Butch, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. how, how's that coming along? Um.
7: That that got launched. Uh, uh, that got launched last year. Uh, it's uh, inside the inner basin downtown. That's the Haley Matthew. It's uh, Butch Harris and John Bishop. And uh, matter of fact, John was just in my my shop downtown this morning, and uh, and they're you know they're finishing it off. You know they they're, they're going to have like ten staterooms, and uh, they've got to finish those off. Essentially, what they want to do is is they want to have it in eSport in the summer and the Keys in the winter.
2: Because he had the uh, Sylvania Beale uh, schooner, he was doing uh, touristy uh, stuff out of Eastport. There, he decided he needed a better vessel and looked exactly. around and just decided to build one outside in the parking lot. Exactly. And apparently, has pulled it off.
7: Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was uh, it was totally uh, totally. It's a one-off fiberglass hull, uh, and uh, of course, all the trim work is is wood, but there's a lot of composites in it.
2: And does that get any of the students uh, catch any of the students' interest? And oh, you know, ab-
7: oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I would think that's a. I mean, you talk about having a, you know a good atmosphere going there, and uh, what a great example of, of uh, what can be done.
7: Well, not yeah. We we had uh, matter of fact, we pulled a Savina Beal, you know, inside with our traveler last year. I mean, we're the only boat school that I know of in the United States anyway that can bring in an eighty foot yacht into a shop into a heated shop uh, uh, with their own tools and so that was quite a deal to have that rebuilt in the school last year too
2: excellent well uh once again dean we're always uh advocating education and bringing uh, people along and getting them excited about boat building and you know it's it's a good career and as i keep saying an adventure Uh, approached just right, and man, ain't we glad you called this morning.
7: Oh, yeah, love to. Hey, look, just, you know, the the word that's got to get out is that we're going to be open next year, and anybody that that wants to come up and either take full-time or part-time courses, uh, we're open for business. Now, the best thing to do is to call me right here at the boat school. That way I can personally handle their application and tell them all the ins and outs of how this has got to be done. Because the community college does not want to commit to anything more than uh, 2008. So anyway, the number here is 853-2518, and I'm at extension 4208.
1: Okay, that's your A code, 207.
7: Yep, yeah, we're still in Maine. Yeah. By God.
2: (laughs) Just right on the edge, (laughs) though.
7: I'm looking over into Canada, but we're
2: still. Yeah, (laughs) Eastport, can't get no further. All right. Dean Pike uh, from the uh, head instructor down at the, uh, um, known as the boat school down at Eastport. Thank Uh, you, Dean.
1: We do have another call. Yeah, people are
2: lined right up. Let's see who's on the phone. Let's go
1: to the person next. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk.
8: Hi. This is uh, Asa Pingrio from North Haven. Asa. Son of a boat builder. Yeah. I build carbon fiber downhill skateboards myself.
2: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, very, very related.
8: Very related, and it's yeah. very encouraged. in The mainware composite industry is certainly one of the few things we got to push on the rest of the world.
2: I like one the of the ska- few things that
8: the U.S. has to push on the rest of the world.
2: Skateboards is such a great scale of something to build. I mean, you know, you can uh, it's smaller than an eighty-foot boat.
8: Yep, a lot easier to put in a press or put in a vacuum table and build a bunch of them at once. But yeah, in any case, I'm calling more about my father's design that was in the main boats and har- main boats homes and harbors, best of 06. yeah. 26-foot catamaran, Banks Cove catamaran he built. Mm. I don't know if uh, any of you guys checked that out. It's a, it's a pretty phenomenal design that really kind of blew away. The guy who wrote the article, because a lot of boats like this, small power cats, can't go more than 12, 15 knots, and this here's a boat that goes 25 knots and does uh, four gallons an hour. And You know, I just think it's something we really have to look at as a boat-building industry here in Maine, where we build a lot of smaller utilitarian workboats, commuter boats, and, you know, out here on the island, lobstering is not doing any better, and big boats use a lot of fuel. Fuel is getting expensive, and we have to be thinking efficiently for the environment, let alone the cost of using a boat and enjoying a boat.
2: Good ride on a catamaran, too. I don't have any multi-hull experience, basically. I, I'm, I'm eager to uh, try. But here's the problem, Mesa. Are we going to be able to make that uh, ever look good enough for it to satisfy giffy fall?
8: Well, I think you'll have to check in the uh, main boats, homes, and harbors, uh, it's a pretty phenomenal looking boat. My dad's got a kind of classic look. that he he, he would never go modern on, mm-hmm. and I think that's what he's trying to attempt is something that we can we can deal with in Maine and possibly even work out of. Excellent. Uh, Conventional lobsterman is certainly a far cry from.
1: Wow. A, a catamaran
2: rubber. lobster boat is. I don't know one. Is there? So well, he, why not? He's right. Fuel is going why up. Why not? Yeah, the nice cost of bait on. On.
1: and the cost of fuel. If it's not worth
8: going out for the day for the lobster you can mm-hmm. catch, then going to have to change something.
2: Wow, who's going to be the first? That would be quite something. Oh, I bet we Ain't have he going to gonna take some trouble from the other boys? <laughs> the problem
8: is we don't have somebody to build it. My dad is not into mass producing a boat like this, and there's not a lot of people out there who can build a 30-foot uh, boat that weighs 3,000 pounds, and that's ah. what it needs to be to be efficient, and right. that's just a different way of treating the same materials that everyone else in Maine builds with, but... It's a lot easier to spray a roving gun into a mold than it is to uh, stick a core in there and build it light and fast, but uh, it's what's going to be needed if fuel goes up and uh, people want to enjoy the water and work on the water.
2: Yeah. Hey, it is excellent. we uh, we got, we got uh, somebody else waiting. We're going to let you go, but great. Uh, very interesting.
8: Just want to put it out there. Somebody, somebody's going to need to build it.
2: Yeah. Hey, hey uh, d- different
3: subject, but same family. I want to thank Hannah Pingree, who's uh, the House Majority Leader, because she's been very helpful in... Uh, Crafting and supporting this legislation that we're also introducing to the legislative session this time. So, I'll thanks, pass that on. Thanks to Hannah very much. Yep.
1: Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. And Paul, you did see that boat, and we have a little note here saying yep. that it is good looking. Yeah darn right it is. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, it's it's good to break through on some of that stuff and try and get people interested in uh, in marketing these things.
8: Yeah. Well, hopefully somebody in the state can build it, but mm-hmm. somebody's going to build it somewhere because uh, there's not a lot of boats that have sort of um, made made all the things work on those. Those, those small power cats that can actually go fast efficiently. Yep. Okay, have a good one.
1: Okay, we got one more final call. We're going to try to squeeze in before the end of the show. Good morning. Good Welcome morning. to Bulk Talk.
9: Good morning. It's Steve Hudson down in Southwest Harbor. Oh, hi, Steve. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I uh, was listening to him talk about cat from up there, uh, Asa Pingree was talking about, and uh, you might want to have somebody look, or you guys look at uh, Maine Cat down in Bremen. Uh, Dick Vermeulen, the owner, is uh, building a 38-foot, Powercat right now, you can look at their website, it's uh, M-E-C-A-T dot com. And uh, we were messing with a model down there in Bremen down in the docks, and a local fisherman walked by, he says, well, he says, that looked like a good idea, he says, a lot of space there. And I said, well, it would work. He says, well, I, I'd be interested. But he says, I, I, I don't know, as I could face everybody else around there. See what I said? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Paint it black and go out at night. Yeah. You'd have to build ten of them first and then some more.
9: <laughs> But it, it's, uh, he's got the first one under on construction uh, to try it out and see how it works. We did a bunch of towing tests just to see how it rode in the river over there. And uh, sometime, late winter, early spring, it should be ready to go out for a spin. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very um, cool.
3: He's, he's doing a great job down there. He's been doing, of course, For a while, too, yeah. Sailboats. But the History power side has, has really taken off. And they're fuel efficient. Yeah. Yes. They're really nice.
2: Steve, glad you called this morning. We just about run it into the corner and are out of time here on Boat Talk. Um, like I said, February is still an embarrassment of riches. Um, BoatTalk.org, like I say, we're trying to make stuff happen there, and, and we'll be uh, keeping stuff coming. We'll be linking to main Built Boats and, uh, you know, trying to provide new content and stuff. Paul, uh, you can come by anytime. Oh, thank uh, you, guys. It's, yeah. it's
1: really been a lot of fun. Yep. Well, that's about it, folks. Time to make room for Jim Pahush and On the Wing coming up next here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9, 102.9 in Bangor.